Welcome to the Gym Session, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile and Footy Live. It's time to chat all things football with your host, Jimmy Sabo. Hello and welcome to your weekly Gym Session. I am Jimmy Sabo. Appreciate you tuning in wherever you may be listening. Uh, we had five consecutive days of footy in round seven, which, which my girlfriend loved. And the good news is there's a heap more to come. Uh, footy on the weekend was great, all that crap about the state of the game washed away. We had more than a few matches to keep us on the edge of our seat. As always, we'll be discussing all the major fallout and talking points from the weekend, my controversial opinions. We'll get through your tweets and emails as well and speak to another special guest. Uh, we also had fantastic news yesterday that we'd get 20 straight days of AFL. Uh, my girlfriend broke down in tears of joy, I'm assuming, uh, as she heard the news last night. And I can't wait for that marathon to begin. We'll talk about what's coming up there as well. But first, as always, let's get to a wonderful recap of Round 7. It was like a trip back to the 90s on Thursday night as Dacos and Brown starred for the Pies. And Jordan made a return to play like a bull. The early goals got Pies goey, while a noble selection from Bucks reminded us all of the size of their cocks. The tall Texan doesn't like rain and neither do cats, which was highlighted by the 22-point loss. Geelong will be touching Salwood in the hope of their run of unlucky injuries coming to an end. It wasn't a long wait, man, to see Cody Slotty's first goal on debut, as the dogs feasted on Essendon's Ham and Big Macs. McKernan, McDonald, Tip and Woody, McKenna and McGrath couldn't deliver for the Dons. Phillips failed his English exam and the Bombers fans were left feeling sad. At least Adam played well in the seven-goal loss. The Lions were giant killers on Saturday afternoon while Andrews and his government held authority over the defensive 50. Not even a mask could get GWS entries as they once again failed at the core principles of the game. It's not quite the boring footy, but not even Mummy approves. A 20-point win for the Lions leaves them in second place and they just can't wait to be kings. The Suns were smart and had wits, while the Swans had Wayward and Haywood kicking. Gold Coast Noah finally found his arc and kicked the goal in it, as did Rankin and Sam, which definitely made his day. Parker was good for the Swans, but the overall ball movement for the day looked like poultry in motion. Brandon felt like Alice in Swanderland. Gold Coast by six goals. The Kangaroos were left with Egg Malesi Smith on their face after Derek and his streak of Tigers left the opposition chasing tail. Bolton wasn't too shy to perform in front of a crowd, and broad strokes from the back line created a beautiful work of arts. Jake slotted the first two goals of his career in a 54-point demolition job. Fifty shades of Robbie Gray were running through Carlton fans' nightmares during the week after they were tormented by an after-the-siren loss. The Blues were made to navigate their way through a maze on their way to goal and sculled down wines to record a victory. And with 20 seconds to go, any bets, you would have given them a chance of doing it. Unlucky for them, Port had the power to win. The Hawks couldn't fly on Sunday, Arvo, as the Demons punished them for their sins. Frost looked frozen, Hardwick more like Softwick, and Sicily couldn't close his borders. The backline was as open as Bunnings during lockdown. Petrarca played like a proper Christian, helping his fellow men to record a 43-point win. Kennedy was president of the Eagles' forward line in their five-goal derby win as their darling Jack slotted a couple of goals, and Jake went from a water boy to playing like a real water man. He got a pair of his own and had 15 touches to go with them. Not even Walter's 18 disposals and four tackles could stop the Dockers feeling disappointed on Monday. Speaking of Monday, the last game of the round wasn't Riley good. O'Brien won the hitouts, but his team lost the game. 
St Kilda proved you couldn't cut steel with keys and a butler would finally get the credit for helping a king and contributing to the battle. The 23 point win was ugly on an umpiring front, but boy it was one hell of a rider and a memory for all to enjoy. <laughs> what a weekend of footy that was. Finally, we didn't have the complaints about boring footy and the state of the game, but the commentators did cop a belting, and, and so did the umpires, who no doubt had a shocker. It's not really their fault, though. Uh, the AFL changes more rules than the Victorian government, and it's hard to officiate. And uh, like the new theories and great ideas, quote-unquote, experts are coming up with on the run to force these changes in our country and state, the same thing is happening in footy. Um, Clarko is the latest one to force these new regulations on and off the field, I guess you'd say. And the famous quote I think he should remember next time he lets his emotions get the better of him in an interview is, be careful what you wish for. Uh, his side was one of the major talking points of the weekend. They had a shocker, but our guest of the day won't. I'm glad we've got Mr. Hawthorne himself on the line. It's another journo here at Sportsmate Mobile, but he absolutely bleeds brown and gold. Still needs to get that checked out. And he will be wearing his Hawks cap today as our Hawthorne correspondent. It's Nick Guglielmino. Nico, welcome. Thanks, James. It's good to be back on once again. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you, mate. And Nico, I'll start with this. What the hell has Clarko gone and done, mate? Holding the ball now is like the new COVID-19. No one wants to get caught with it. Nobody knows how to avoid it. Uh, no one's going for the ball. It's the new not leaving the house, mate. What the hell is happening? Yeah, it, it's not ideal, is it? And I think Hawthorne have been the ones to cop the most because we've had the... Uh, the highest free kick differential. We've caught the most free kicks against over the last few weeks, or this whole season, in fact. So, so it's a conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not ideal. And I'm, I'm not a fan of the rule. I, I'm not a fan of it at all. So, so some of the some of the um, decisions they pay against the play going for the ball are just so harsh, and it just goes against everything um, this game's about, really. Hmm. Well, Clark has only got himself to blame, doesn't he? Um, I, I spoke about this a few weeks ago with you, and I, I thought the interpretation, or my view was, I thought the interpretation that Clarko was going for was a little bit different to what they've gone with um, at the moment. Of course it was. I'll just, I, 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 know what you, I, I know what you mean. I'm not, I remember what you said, but just if he didn't make a big whole fuss about it and um, yeah. and and try and force mid you know mid season changes to this rule, would we be happy? Like it was always going to happen. There's always teething problems. No matter if this if the holding the ball interpretation gets better, there's always going to be problems that come. But do we really need it at this time? Yeah. Um, no. Problem. Mm. Definitely not. Mm. I mean. It's... At the end of the day, it's down to the AFL. They they should already have this this rule um, down to a T, really, because it's obviously one of the biggest rules in the game. So it shouldn't even it shouldn't have even been a problem in the first place. But you're right. If, if Clarkson didn't um, bring it up in the first place, we wouldn't be in this mess at the moment. So yeah, I mean, I think everyone's entitled to their opinions, but it's also down to the AFL to uh, make the changes in the end. So. Uh, they've only got themselves to blame. Yep. Um, speaking of themselves to blame, uh, the Hawks haven't won a game since going into the hub. Why is that, Nico? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know we I spoke mean, about this last week. I only call you when Hawks lose, but I've been waiting for them to win a game. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I I can't do anything, mate. What, you know, what's happened? Mate, if I knew what's happened, I'd be on the phone to Clarkson <laughs> and not you trying to uh, work through it with him. But, um, yeah, not only have they not won since they've gone into the hub, but they've never won at that damn giant stadium that's starting to haunt me a bit. But, um, 
yeah, it's it's as simple as just. I mean, you can have whatever coach you want in the league. You can have whatever plays you want, whatever game plan. But if you don't go, um, if you don't go in hard enough or go in with your head over the ball more times than your opponent, you're going to lose every game you play. And Sunday was a good representation of that. Um, Melbourne just went in harder. They fought harder. They ran harder. And uh, it was reflective on the scoreboard. We got absolutely smashed um, in every facet of the game. So it was embarrassing. And Hawthorne has to lift their game next week, uh, this week against mm. the Swans. But, but is it a matter of execution or them not having the energy? Or is it the personnel? Because we obviously saw Lewis's comments uh, early last week. I think it was Monday. Yeah. It was Monday last week. Um, I wanted your thoughts on that. And he questioned whether Clarko had the energy for a rebuild. And also, I mean, there's been heaps of questions about your list. This is not something new. Um, do you actually think yeah. it's the execution or it's it's the personnel? Because um, there's a few of the, what is there, seven over 30 now? And, and they're, um, they're not looking like they're getting any younger over there. <laughs> no, not at all. But um, uh, I wouldn't, firstly, I wouldn't, I, I don't really, really listen to Jordan Lewis that much. He's <laughs> obviously trying to, he's, he's trying to get one back on, uh, the old man who forced him out of the club a bit, I, I, I think. But, um, yeah, everyone's entitled to their opinions. And um, in terms of the um, execution of the game plan, I, I'm not really sure. At the moment, it just seems like they've got a, a lack of, uh, yeah, a lack of players who um, aren't leading by example. And Because, you know, a few years back, Jordan Lewis was out there with Sam Mitchell, Luke Hodge, uh, Josh Gibson and that J- Jared Rufford, and they'd always be the ones um, if Hawthorne was struggling to make a big tackle to lift the rest of the team or kick a big goal. And at the moment, there's just no one in that side at the moment that's doing those sort of things. So uh, I-, I think it just comes down to effort. And um, yeah, at the moment, they're just not bringing it, and hopefully it will change. Mm. Yeah, I-, I don't know, but like. For me, it's it's you got to win. If you're not winning the clearances or the contested ball, you've got to be able to move it from the back line. And the fact is, you don't have players other than Sicily who can move it cleanly from the back line. You used to have all those players that could that had great yeah. foot skills and that sort of thing. So I think it is, it's, it's a bit of personnel. I don't think it's just execution or or um, uh, energy or that yeah. sort of thing. And with Lewis, I thought you called up SEN the other day. I was listening, and some player called up and goes, "Oh, that's crap." That's, he just wants to have a go at Clarko. Like, just absolutely smashing him and saying what he says is, is irrelevant. I wouldn't be surprised. But, <laughs> mate, the, for, for Lewis to come out and say that, I think he should be applauded because for a player to come out, you know, fresh out of club land and speak about, you know, those kind of things about a club that he used to, he was a part of, and he'd, he'd be absolutely proud to be a part of that club, um, even if he was forced out or not. I mean, that's business. I don't think just because he said it, you can kind of say, oh, no, it's irrelevant. I think what he's saying... And he didn't, he didn't say Clarko doesn't have the energy. He was questioning whether he would have the energy to rebuild. Um, and then your other mate, Jeff Kennett, who likes to stick his yep. nose in a little bit, um, he said, we won't be sacking Clarko. Clarko won't be sacking us. When the time comes... Um, he, uh, we will come to an agreed position, and I suspect it'll be ended at the end of this contract. He didn't need to say that, say that part, and he kind of uh, made it a little bit of a mess there. So it looked like at the end of um, when is it, 2022, um, Clarko yeah. would be leaving the club. That's what it sounded like from Kennett, and he, tr- and he sent a letter out to the to the members. I'm sure you got yesterday to try and um, smooth things over. But but what's your yeah. thoughts on Kennett's comments there? Yeah. Um... 
it's it's the media once again trying to twist the story to suit their narrative because the way the way uh, Kenneth said it was if you at the end of his contract they're going to um, reevaluate his position like they'll do with anyone else's contract. I I didn't I didn't think they're gonna I didn't think he said they're gonna force him out of the club come then, but. Yeah, I think this whole thing, it happens, it happened last year as well, it happened the year before. Whenever Hawthorne underperform, Clarko goes under the knife a bit and he cops it from all angles and uh, the list gets um, criticised and even you just said it just then, um, there, there aren't enough players running the ball out of the back line, um, they're too old, whatever. It's, I mean... The way I see it, there's still plays to come in. Like we're missing Impian scripture. I'm not using this as an excuse, don't get me wrong. But there's there's plays on that list that can still come in and make an impact. And there are young talent. There is still young talent to look forward to for Hawthorne supporters. I think it was BT the other week said something like, he, he listed out the emergencies during one of the games against Collingwood or GWS, I think it was. And it was just all these young kids who haven't had game time yet. But there was still a number of plays to come in. Um, Warple's the best and fairest winner. is only 20 years old. Uh, Scrimshaw, Mitch Lewis at 21 years old. Young Will Daisy out there, 18 years old. I think it, it's... Look, there are a lot of 30-year-olds and a lot of them will be turned over this year, you'd think, and there's still more debutants to come. But I, I don't think the list or the position of the club is as bad as what people are saying it is. It's just all media hysteria again. Mm, I like your confidence, Nico. I think there needs to be a little bit of a change there. That's <laughs> um, my opinion. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, I, I could be it. wrong. I, well, and I could have we guessed could you. could be falling apart completely. <laughs> you but, could, yeah. The wheels have fallen <laughs> off. Uh, Nico, quick one. Playing on Sunday at the SCG, uh, what changes are you making? Just nice, short and sharp ones. And how confident are you? And, and the fans as well, because I know you're a voice of the people. Well, it's hard to be confident after the last few weeks. No, it's Sydney, mate. Hopefully things will change, and I'd like to see... Uh, there's rumours about Jarman Impey coming in, so I'd like to see him come in, Jack Scrimshaw as well. Um, probably still miss Bruce, but those two will be the big main ins, and I'd like to see another debutant, whether it's um, uh, young Emerson Jecker or Finn McGuinness. Either of those two will... Um, all the fans are excited about those two boys, so either of them should lift their spirits up at the club, I reckon. Mm. Could you hear the door there just before? There's, this mic is so good. It picks up everything. There was Before, there was <sighs> birds chirping about four kilometres away, and you could hear it. It was It's it's annoying. It's good. Good mic, but geez. Um, Nico, <laughs> you're the only guest for today because we had so much to cover. So I wanted to go back to something we used to, used to do when it was me and you on Footy Mate Podcast. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah! I wanted your opinion yeah. on a couple of the hot topics that have come out of the weekend. Um, and you're saying that for the guys. We've got some past AFL players and, and current AFL players that are coming on the show in, in, in the next few weeks. But today, Nick is the special guest. So, Nick, you've, you've got a big performance here. Everyone's <laughs> wanting. Here we go. All right. Uh, agree, agree or disagree, Nick? Christian Petrarca has overtaken Dustin Martin. We'll be back after a quick break.
Uh, in terms of what? Well, Croft. Well, definitely not his resume. Gio, don't think so. <laughs> yeah, well, his resume definitely not. Well, um, Shane Crawford came out, someone who you um, follow as closely as Clarko. He reckons that yeah. he's um, he's overtaken Dustin Martin currently. Um, and I don't know if he meant this season. Or in, he'd have to mean just this season because my, it was an embarrassing comment if he was talking about all that. Um, but well, he reckons if, he's had. If, sorry, yeah, sorry. If it's this season, yeah, it, it's hard to disagree. So I'll have to go agree. Yes, Jimmy. Because I don't think there's many players in the competition that are in better form at the moment than Christian Petrarca. Mm. Um, yeah, his season this year has been incredible. But as an overall player, I'd still take Dusty. <laughs> I think you would definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's had... I mean, I think it was highlighted by, on Sunday, he, he the Demons scored 21 times and Petrarca was involved in 14 of them. You know, and he had yeah, 25 possessions, 16 contested, four clearances, mate. He was he was a star, no, dev, no, no doubt. I've, I've never seen us being torn apart by one player in such a long time. Honestly, he killed us. Hmm. I think he, Absolutely. Yeah, I think you need a, a few more consistent weeks before you start saying that. Even Dustin Martin's played pretty well this season as well, so... Um, but yeah, good opinion, Nick. Uh, agree or disagree, Nico? Uh, Carlton fans should be happy with their performance on Sunday, even though they they lost another close one. Um, I agree. Yes, Jimmy. I agree. They um obviously Port Adelaide are still the best team, uh, according to the ladder, they're the best team in the competition. So um, to put up a fight against them is exactly what Blues fans would would have, would have wanted to see. So. I don't think they would have been expecting a win, but in terms of those close games, it's not like Carlton have gone and lost um, all their close games this season like previous years. They've beaten Geelong and Essendon in a close one, so um, to drop one against Port, I don't think is the worst thing in the world for them. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. I mean, I, I I think you'd be disappointed that they couldn't see out that game. Des- oh, of course. Despite, sh- yeah, shattering for them. Yeah, yeah. Des- despite the opportunities that Port wasted. But, I mean, even with 20 seconds to go, that kick inside 50, Martin, really, if he pushed to that contest, he could have stopped. He could have pushed him out of bounds, and they could have won the game there. So it was just little things. And even the chances that Carlton missed as well would be frustrating. And, and Port were just able to generate inside 50s a little bit too easily, I thought. But, yeah, I, there is positive signs um, there for Carlton, and you, you would be happy. I mean, if they won that game, you know, people are calling them contenders, aren't they? Um, I just wanted to bring these, these stats to you, Nico. All right? Yep. Carlton are number one in the AFL for points scored from turnovers. Number five from points from forward half change. Number six from time in forward half, right? They're all indicators of a successful side. So you're up in those numbers. You're pretty competitive. You look at GWS... Right for those stats, the yep. number nine, tenth, tenth, and seventeenth. So seventeenth being for time in forward half. They use the corridor. For use of the corridor, they're sixteenth in the comp, and from defensive yep. fifty to inside fifty, eighteenth in the comp. These numbers are horrendous, right? So my next question is: GWS are a selfish team. Mm, selfish is a harsh word but uh, I'll, I'll say agree yes, because it, it comes down to what I said before you can have whatever plays you want on your list um, but if, if you're not putting your head over the ball or um, going in hard enough collectively uh, you're not going to win many games of footy and that's been representative of the Giants uh, this season they, they've got all the best plays you'd want across all the lines but obviously they're not doing something wrong. As, uh, uh, they're not doing something right as a team to be getting those wins. So they they should be 
they should be well off the rest of the competition um, according to their list. They've got three great defenders in Davis, like a core of defenders in Davis, Shaw and Haynes, Phil Cornelia and Kelly and Whitfield, forward line Cameron, Himmelberg, like they, they Toby Green, they, they should be well off. Yeah. But yeah, uh, selfish is a harsh word. Did you hear the, um, Brett Deledio's comments? Yes, I, I did see them. Yeah, he he basically called them selfish. Um, he he yeah. kind of said, in, in ter- what they're basically trying to do is what he, I'm summarizing what he said is they try and win the game off their own boot, and uh, because they yeah. get a lot of freedom from Leon Cameron. So rather than having a set structure or discipline, they he kind of he says play the way you see it. So all of them. I guess they're going, look, I can win this. They're not being selfish in, in terms of like, I'm just looking for individual success, but I think they worry too much about, I can do the work, I want the glory, let me win it for you, rather than working as a bunch of individual, uh, a, a team rather than a bunch of individuals. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I tend to agree with you as well, Nico. They're yeah. in trouble. They got the yeah, Tigers this sure. week, are they winning? No, I'm, oh, gee, I, I don't, did Grimes end up getting a week? Richmond, Richmond is starting to lose a few players, so it's starting to worry me a bit. But I'm starting to worry. Um, no, Grimes didn't get a week. No, so he got off. So yeah. That's good. Um, I'll, I'll probably, I'll still back in the Tigers to get the job done, because um, they're in terms of the way Richmond play, they're the complete opposite. They work so hard together, and that tends to get them the job done on most occasions. So I'll still tip Richmond. But um, I'm expecting a response from GWS. Yeah, you'd hope there'd be a response from them, but yet yeah, I, I hope that they don't have a response and Richmond get another <laughs> win by by about ten goals. Um, Nico, because you are the guest today, uh, what we normally do obviously is go through ten quick questions about yourself. So I've got some for you here. Most of them are the same yep. as, as last week with Rob Harding because I was a bit lazy. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's crank some music up and you can answer them. Yep. Right, Beautiful. Nico, what is your favourite food? Oh, pasta. Mm, typical. Bolognese. Typical. Your favourite movie? Mm, Avengers, Infinity War. Nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Melbourne, Australia. Good call, even now with the coronavirus? Yeah, it's still the best city in the world, mate. It really is. Who inspires you <laughs> other than me? Uh, probably myself. No, I'm joking. Um, I like listening to Jared Waitley. I think he's got yeah, you good like opinions. Yeah, no. uh, are you a morning or night person? Like, actually, I know this one. You're definitely not a morning person. All those times I have to wait out the front of your house to drive you to work. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely a night person. Yeah, I don't know. Night one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your dream job. Dream job. Um. Fourth one president? Astronomer. Astronomer? Yeah, you do like space. <laughs> uh, you, my head's usually in space yeah, and yeah. in the clouds. Most yeah. times are not, so... Yeah, you're taking yeah. up space in the office too. Uh, Favourite <laughs> player of all time? Favourite what, sorry? Favourite player. As in footy player, mm, not, you know. <laughs> um, tough question. Franklin. Franklin. Has to be, yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought you were going to Cyril, okay. Uh, phone call or text? Um, definitely text. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maccas or Hungry Jacks? Maccas. Maccas. Jeez, out of three, 
times I've asked this question, two have gone hungry jack. And you've gone Maccas. <laughs> you used to work at Maccas, didn't you? I did. I did back in the day. <laughs> um, no, definitely Maccas. They're just, just better just with better. everything. Yeah, what's your go-to meal? Ugh, um, I usually change it up a lot, mm. but can't go past the McChicken burger with maybe an extra patty on there. Oh, really? Extra protein. That's nice. How is the gym done? You bought gym gear, didn't you? I did. I did. I don't go back as often, just putting it out there. I'm I'm not there. Maybe once a year. Once a year? Once a year or twice. When I do go there, I like to enjoy it. Yeah, treat yourself. Why not? All right, last one, Nico. Last one. If your anniversary with Hannah fell on the same night as a Hawthorne game, and she'd already made dinner plans and booked a hotel for you to stay in. Would you cancel straight away and refund her the money or pretend you were sick on the day? Um, it depends who we're playing. Really? Yeah, if it's Hawthorne Geelong, I'll have to book a restaurant with the TV, maybe. That's good. But what no, if she's booked it without I'm the joking. TV? I'm joking. I'll definitely go on the date. You would not. All right. Well, that's nice. Hopefully, Hannah's listening. You are a romantic. I'd have to sort something out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nico. You're an absolute legend, mate. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we will definitely chat soon, and I hope the Hawks, for your sake, can bounce back. Oh, me too, mate. Me too. I hope the Tigers keep going well for you as well. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the chat. There you go, Nico. Absolute romantic, that boy. Love it. Um, all right. Speaking of romantic things, um, I got emails and tweets and recorded questions this week. So that was from hashtag the gym session on Twitter. Or you can email me at james.sabo at sportsmatemobile.com or at my Twitter handle at Sabo James. So make sure you get involved. We had Nathan Weller tweeted in. He said, here's one for you at Sabo James. Which of these teams is in a worse position, Adelaide, Hawthorne or North Melbourne? All have been putrid. They all have been putrid, Nathan. Um, short answer I said on the on the reply, I said the Crows, but I'd, I'd talk about it in depth on here. I said the Crows were in a worse place, and he said, really didn't expect that. At least Adelaide have young prospects to build with. The other two, not so much. That is true um, to an extent. They have some young prospects coming in, and that looks good. But my, the reason f- I said the Crows, worse than the other two, is that the Crows have fallen so fast that it, it's not funny. I think they're in a worse place because it takes longer, in my opinion, to fix up a culture. I mean, if you look at look like Richmond after losing the 82 grand final. <laughs> they didn't even compete you know, and uh, it took a long, long time to fix up that club, and it takes a long, long time to fix up a club that's completely broken. And a lot of personnel have changed um, at the Adelaide Football Club for certain reasons. We, we all know most of them. Um, and it will take a long time to turn it around. And even when they do go back to the draft and they keep those young players and start the proper rebuild, there's no guarantee for success. When you look at North and, and Hawthorne, they've got a base there that they can work with. And, and turn those things around. I mean, the talent and the culture they've built are a lot more stable and solid, and uh, they're more likely to succeed than the Crows, in my opinion. So, look, North are, North are horrible, um, and that was highlighted by their loss on Saturday night to the Tigers. But we have to remember how long that list of injuries is. It is very, very long, and they need... They need for me, they need to rebuild. We know that they can go back to the draft, trade some players with potential, and start again. Um, they've been sitting there for too long and, you know... Just making finals, just sitting without, you know, too much in middle land where they can't they can't get draft picks and can't rebuild. So, um, I think the Crows are in a worse position. Thanks for your question, um, Nath. On an email this week, Frankie the Pies fanatic, he sent another one. Gym session, my favourite hour of the week, uh, but it is starting to become another week, another apology to me and the Collingwood Football Club. 
because they smashed Geelong. James, just a hint, I'm winning the tipping and it's because I will never tip against the best team in the land. Now, serious stuff, question for you this week. Do you think it is fair to say that winning the flag this year is harder than it ever will be, especially for Victorian teams, and the so-called asterisk season is the opposite to that, where it could be remembered for the best yet, flag pies. Also, another talking point, and one that you will love, is do you think Richmond has broken the Giants, just like they broke Adelaide this week? Uh, well, yeah, that's what he said. Has broken the Giants, just like they broke Adelaide this week, and will be the final nail in the coffin. Hope they beat you, in brackets. Get well, son. Keep smashing it. Yours truly, Pies Fanatic Frankie. All right, well, um, in terms of the... Uh, and I'm not apologising, Frankie, because I did not... I said it was a genuine 50-50, and we talked to Rob Harding last week, and he said that it was a genuine 50-50. I wanted to go Geelong so I could get one tip up. Um, but, yeah, I don't know who apologised, because I did think that the Pies had a genuine chance to win, and they played extremely well. Just a, you know, a tiny summary from that game. I think it was the difference... In contested possessions, Pies won it by 20. Um, they, were, they were way too good. And the Cats haven't given up more than 268 disposals in a game. They gave up 321 against the Pies. They were just smashed around the contest. Um, they were really, really sharp in their defensive transition, and they didn't let the Cats you know, kick, mark, kick, mark, game style, get going. Um, no flow in attack. They only had four marks inside 50 for the game, the Cats. So it was a fantastic performance from, from the Pies. Um, there is no doubt, in my opinion, that the winner of this season will not be the most talented side. It's, it's the side who can be the most mentally tough and well-managed. So it's going to take this whole club to win a flag. You know, you've got to recover physically and psychologically. Tactical, tactics will be tested you know, in terms of resting players, the four-day breaks that are now coming into it, and how they manage that workload. We've never seen anything like this in the history of the AFL, so it is such an unknown. Um, it's It's... 100% what Frankie said is that it will be remembered as the best flag yet, I reckon, um, in my opinion. If I hear asterisks on this premiership ever again, I will spew up. I'll spew up! Okay, um, quote from Terry Wallace. Uh, the geniuses who suggested that this wasn't a real season, they're the ones, they don't understand what true 40 is, in my opinion. You know, you're being taken out of your comfort zone. You're dealing with things you've never seen before, the circumstances, stepping up rather than giving up. Um, it's as tough as they come. So if you don't like watching tough footy, whether it's entertaining or not, then I don't think you appreciate the game for the right reasons. So this season is one that we will never, ever, ever forget. It's going to be the hardest premiership to win, and uh, the team who wins it will be known as the toughest side mentally and physically. It doesn't have to be the most talented. They'll be the best managed and the toughest. Um, in terms of the Pies, mate, um, they've got a really good chance at that. Uh, going without the goal is hard, and, and how... Um, we'll see how long he always out for. Um, but they'll, they'll, they've got a shot at proving themselves against the Eagles this week. Um, I'm actually I'm, I'm going to tip the Eagles this week. I don't think the, the Pies can back it up, but they've got a huge test. And uh, there you go. I'll apologize to you if, if the Pies beat the Eagles this week. Um, we had a audio message sent in, audio question from Bilal Ali. Um, I'll play it for you now. Hey Jim, what's going on? Just wanted to chip in with my audio question and I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on Essendon this season because obviously uh, we've had a couple of hiccups, mainly that lost to Carlton and uh, that's something that you never want to see. Uh, but 
We've had a decent enough start, and I'm I've got you know ambitions of top eight, um, and even top four, and that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think Essendon do have to finish in the top four to get any kind of a run together to go deep into the finals? Because notoriously, we don't win many finals, if any, in the last ten to fifteen years, um, and we do need to kind of put ourselves in the best position possible. So, do you think that is manageable? Um, Essendon into the top four. You better say yes, um, and. Who's your tip for the flag? All right, thanks, Bilal. So you can send those through to my email and I'll play them for you. Um, James.Zabo at sportsmatemobile.com. Um, SNN for top four and tip for the flag. So look, they're up and down. They're outside the eight. They're equal fifth at the moment with a game in hand. Inconsistency in injuries are the killer at the moment. Um, so it's hard to gauge, really. And that loss against the Dogs, um, it showed problems that they had are still there. So um, just in that game, the Dogs smashed them in, in in clearances and in contested possessions, which I think is the thing that won them the game. So plus 35 in contested possessions is ridiculous. And then six tackles as well when they had the ball most of the time, um, the Dogs. So uh, the Dogs spread after quarter time was just incredible. They were generating uncontested ball, elite forward 50 efficiency, and um, they took away that, that forward, um, the halfback switch from the Dons that they like to use. Uh, the Dons are missing some big body in the midfield, like Dylan Shield and obviously um, Jake Stringer, who can go in there for some some extra force around the ball and try and win it. But they've gone from an approach, the Dons, where they like to sit outside the packs a little bit more than go in and win that contested ball. That's all well and good when you can stop um, your opposition from getting out easily and starting attacks, which they couldn't do against the uh, there's the birds again. How good is this mic? They're from a, they're five kilometers away. The birds. Jesus Christ. And um and again and this is this is the uh the great thing about working from your from your from your uh, study. Um the bombers right uh, have always lost to the bulldogs recently six in a row they've lost to the lost to the bulldogs because they're just smashed in contested ball all the time and they can't compete. And I think a lot of teams have learnt from the bulldogs that if you smash them in the middle especially when there's no shield there, no stringer, they're missing a few players um they're just going to win the game. And you can stop their run from the halfback flank. They've almost got no plan B. They played Langford and, Hib- and Hibbard as like sweeping wingmen um, at the stoppages rather than inside mids. And that left, you know, McGrath, Merritt, Parrish and Smith. They're, they're battling against bigger and taller op- opponents. They couldn't really do much. I'm sorry, I, I, I haven't really answered your question that much, Bilal. But what I will say is they haven't shown me enough. Like, top four, no, you can cancel that out. They will not make top four. Top eight, they could, but they need to be more consistent. I think if they keep going how they are, win-loss, win-loss, couple of wins here, losses there, yeah, they're going to make the eight. Are they going to make much of a run towards finals, uh, towards a grand final? No, I don't think so. They haven't won a final in a while, and I really honestly thought that this was the year where they could win the finals. And I know it's like, oh, we're all, you know, we're all having a go at Essen and uh, stop bagging the bombers, all that crap, you know. Like, we're not. I'm not. I just, I want to believe in them, but I can't. So right now, I think that the dogs have found the method and the personnel to execute to beat the Bombers every time. And I think a lot of teams will learn off that um, learn off that performance on the weekend. My flag for the... My flag. My favourite for the flag. I'm going to go the Tigers. And the reason... I mean, I know it's obvious. I'm biased. Whatever. Um, the Tigers have a system in place. And when they've got players who can come in, like we saw Igmalizzi Smith and um, Shea Bolton come in and play roles like that was just phenomenal. And, you know, McIntosh as well. And the boys just, 
I think the younger ones are coming in and they know the system that they've got to play and that gives them confidence coming in. So it lifts everyone else up as well because you don't want to lose your spot in the team, obviously. But they're, they're like a, you know, and I don't know, I get, you know, people can say it's biased, fine. They're like a brotherhood. The way that they play, I was I was nearly getting emotional on Saturday night just watching those boys and, uh, and, and, and they were getting back to what won them games of football in the past and what wins them premierships is that fast, ta- that tackling pressure was intense. The clearance work, even moving the ball from back 50, it was all back there. Even Dusty was getting tagged, but the few things that he did do were just um, incredible. All right, I'll stop getting carried away now. But I think the, I think the Tigers will win the flag. Um, if it's not the Tigers, I really like Port. Um, you know, people are still saying, they haven't beaten anyone yet. Stop getting excited. I know that. They have beaten a few, though. They've beaten a few. And uh, their win... Uh, they, you know, they, they woke up about, what was it, 4.30, 5 o'clock um, takeoff to go and play the play the Blues. They've done it a couple times now. That might, That's really testing. And no wonder they're running out of steam towards the end of games. Um, that's hard. But no, I think they have. They've, got, they've done things that other teams haven't been able to do. And normally you'd think, okay, when are they going to drop off? When are they going to drop off? They haven't yet... Looking pretty good, Port. So Port, Brisbane, Tigers for me. I don't know if the Pies can do it with the injuries they've had, and um, and West Coast haven't showed me enough yet. So I'm going those three. Um, Zabo, sure things. Right, I'll end off with this, guys. And we played Bruce Springsteen last week because Rob Harding. He was saying how much it's his favourite, um, his favourite artist, and he loves him. Um, this week. I'm going to be playing Eye of the Tiger because all eyes will be on Richmond as they play a grand final rematch v the Giants in what is really a season-defining clash for them. Uh, revenge is sure to be on the agenda. Um, last week I said that uh, my, my, my sure thing was that the games would be better, um, there'd be more entertaining clashes, and we won't complain about the state of the game as much, which was correct. Um, but in saying that, something else was going to be complained about, and I said it was going to be the commentators, and it was. They got absolutely bashed on the weekend. Poor things. It's not an easy job, um, but they cop it from all angles. My sure thing this week, there'll be less holding the balls. Um, holding the footballs, that is. Uh, because on Monday night, it was atrocious, the umpiring, and like I said, it's not the umpire's fault, really. It's the AFL's, because adjudicating this has been so tough. And Clarko got what he what he wanted, more holding the ball calls, but they were for the wrong holding the ball um, acts, I think. So players don't even want to go for the ball anymore, and that's that's against what we are as a, as a code, I guess, and, and, the, and the way the game should be played. You want to be going in hard first and getting that ball. Yeah, you've got to try and get it out, but sometimes it's impossible. You can't be caught for holding the ball for that crap. Anyway, there'll be less holding the ball calls this week because people are fed up. Sydney and Hawthorne will play out the worst game of the week. That's my second thing. That's 3.35 on a Saturday afternoon. Um, if you're going to be doing anything around the house or you need to pop out the Bunnings, which you shouldn't be, or wear your mask out, go get something from Bunnings, you've got to do the gardening or mow the lawn. Do it at 3.35 on Saturday because I don't think Sydney and Hawthorne will be a game that you want to watch. Sydney play a boring style. Hawthorne are playing horrible footy at the moment. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think it'll be a good game. My last thing, third and final thing, uh, Ports and Saints will get into a bit at some point. They've got a bit of history with the ex-players. You know, Paddy Ryder and Dougal Howard are there, and um, they got, I'm sure they'll get under their skin a little bit because Port love a bit, so they can try and take them out of the game mentally. They copped it a bit, Port, from um, their work during the, the trade period, so um, it'll be interesting. I'm expecting a little bit of push and shove in that one. 
Guys, that's it for today. Uh, thanks so much for joining me on another gym session. Make sure you stay involved though. Uh, tweet, I don't care if you want to abuse me, that's fine. Cop a little bit and I love it. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, email and the apps. Make sure, so hashtag the gym session on Twitter. At Sabo James is my handle. On Facebook, you can go to uh, Footy Live page and you can send messages there because I'll be all over that. You can email me james.sabo at sportsmanmobile.com and make sure you check out the apps because they're the best in the business going around. Um, I've had fun doing the show. Don't forget we've got some super guests coming up in the next few weeks. A whole bunch of uh, footy players from the past and present. I promise I'll be good guests. So um, keep uh, tuning in. Drop me a subscribe if you'd like and a review. I'd really appreciate it and I really do hope your team wins on the weekend unless you're playing Richmond. So until next time, take care of yourselves.